Exploring the power of the right mindset and creating a healthy and fulfilling life. You're listening to the Unstoppable Mindset Podcast with Imogen Harris. Welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Mindset Podcast. Today, we are going to chat a few questions and answers. So I put up a question box on my Instagram. We've had a lot of questions come through, a lot about bodybuilding, a lot about gym, fitness, WBFF, all that stuff. I've also got my brother with me, Chris, going to be shooting these questions with me today. Well, you say a, a couple of questions. Your Instagram has just blown up in the last hour since you posted. People are uh, people are loving the goss. People want to know a bit. They do. They want to get they want to get the answers straight from the horse's mouth, and we're going to get straight into it. The first question was, how do you deal with bad body image days? This is one that I've definitely learnt over time. I think. Every day or every moment that I do have of, I guess, what you would call a bad body image day has definitely progressed over time. I think since, you know, commencing a building slash off-season phase during preps this time around, it's really allowed me to sit with my feelings a lot more. I think previously in between preps, I had tunnel vision, so I was just, you know, in the zone the whole time, but obviously having a goal so far away considering you know what I was going towards for so long it kind of just you know show was over I didn't really have much direction for a long time and obviously putting on body fat putting on weight having to focus on growth rather than aesthetic goals in terms of being lean those bad body image days definitely crept up probably more so than I would like to admit at the first few months but I you know there was a pivotal moment I was in in my room back in Geelong before we were moving and I broke down to my roommates and I was just like, I'm really struggling to let go of being lean. And I kept going, you know, I just, I don't feel good. I don't feel confident. And they really had to sit down with me. And I guess I definitely poured my heart to them in the sense of going, I need to find my why beyond what I look like. Um, And I think that was definitely a moment where I started transitioning my thought process to being lean or being a certain picture to everyone to going, okay, yeah, I'm putting on weight, but I'm also sleeping a lot better. I'm also nourishing my body. You know, I finally got my cycle back after five years, having, you know, social events, being able to be out with friends. So, and I definitely think in the gym now, now I've got more food and obviously I'm about 18 kilos up from where I was Uh, at the end of my, you know, around my show, I think, I'm lifting the heaviest I've ever lifted. I'm, I my training's just gone to a whole new, another level. So I think focusing, long story short, the focusing on the aspects that aren't resolving around how you look, how you feel, how food makes you feel, how the training's making you feel. You know, having that freedom and flexibility to enjoy life as well, which I definitely didn't for a long time. I loved the process, don't get me wrong, but I was a robot. I was containers everywhere. I was always constantly having to leave social events to go pose and that's my life and I love that, don't get me wrong, but being able to enjoy my relationship with my partner after doing long distance and spending time with family and being going going for a coffee with my grandfather when I'm down and getting a cake with him because he likes the look of the brownie. Just those little things I think definitely outweigh the days of feeling you know, a little bit lost in terms of how I look. Yeah, part does definitely like her. He loves a brownie or two. He loves a brownie or two. Well, speaking of food, the the next question was meal plans versus flexible dieting. What are the pros and the cons? Yes. So obviously there's a time and a place for both. And as I preach to my clients, a meal plan is amazing in the sense of it gives guidance, it gives structure, but also, you know, as a coach myself, 
there's no point giving a meal plan if you're not giving the education around it. If you don't have the education around why certain foods are given or, you know, why there's certain amounts of proteins, carbs, and fats in each meal, you're not learning how to incorporate balance into your life. I definitely think, however, for a competition prep, personally, I'm a meal plan girl all the way because it just leaves the guessing work out of it. I am an overthinker and I always, I found myself, if I was flexible dining at the beginning of a prep going, oh, is this food right? Is this food right? And it's just creating stress you don't need. So if you're in a competition prep, get a meal plan. Like it's the easiest way to, you know, lessen stress load on yourself. But if you are a, you know, a general pop client that just wants flexibility, but also wants to ensure that they're eating the right nutrients, the right split of macros for them. There's a time and a place for a meal plan, but however, you need to learn how to flexible diet and you need to learn what's made up of food and how to incorporate, you know, not just a meal plan, but meals out as well. Well, I guess that's uh, when you did meal plans for me and my wife. Yep. Same sort of thing. She was very meticulously down to the teeth and I, no way we ever doing a comp show, <laughs> not happening. But it was more just a, a well-being thing for us, and and she was very down to you know like you like you were you know when you were prepping, she was weighing everything out to the exact gram, and whereas I was a lot more flexible with it, going okay, well I'm eating this is now I'm I've got the right stuff in my diet, one hundred percent. I'm eating to nourish myself. Eating if I'm for hungry, health, I will eat, but I am eating the right stuff now. Exactly, and I think definitely being in a competition prep myself has allowed me to learn what I would do differently next time in the yep. sense of. Yes, I understand weighing everything to a gram has its time and its place, but you don't need to be tracking your Pepsi Max. You don't need to be tracking your gram of Dutch cinnamon you put on your oats. And I had to tell myself I was very much a – I had a lot of anxiety around not having everything tracked to the gram. But in this last six to 12 months, I've learned, okay, if you have a handful of this, like, it's okay. Like, if you're not in a comp prep, it's okay. So I think – Learning and understanding what's what is food made up of and learning, you know, not just eating to suit a macronutrient target, but to also health and eat for your insides. Well, well. the next the next question is an interesting one because I know your partner's gonna be listening, your mates are all listening to these podcasts mm. now, they're all loving it. Who's your favorite bodybuilder and why? Favorite bodybuilder and why? Question. That's a really hard one. So obviously, you know. There's so many amazing bodybuilders, I guess you would say. But to be honest, the one that inspires me the most is, which is, this is so corny, is my best friend, Caitlin. Because I think when we first met as well, which we didn't know towards the beginning of our friendship that we, there is a a large age gap between us. um, And we didn't find that out until a few months into our friendship. But she has taught me so much about not just resilience and drive, but also, you know, she's again helped me alongside my journey of my off season as well. She's just phenomenal. So I look up to her very, very much. Um, and as well, um, Emily King is definitely one that I've followed and watched in awe for a very long time. She's just changed federations and, you know, her drive to always want more and, be very real, which is something that a lot of people um, on social media tend to forget. A lot of people tend to do a social or a you know a highlight reel of their life. She keeps shit real, and I love that. I think everyone has their days where they don't feel great, or you know they don't track their food, or 
sessions aren't great or they have an injury. So keeping it real and keeping it authentic, that's definitely something that Emily does on her page um, as well as her partner, Matt. So them two have definitely been a massive contributor to, you know, me wanting to do my absolute best, not even in my social, my prep aspect, but also my business. They run a great business too. Well, looking at Caitlin's stuff on her socials, you know, we're talking a lot about the mindset and the, the mental side of all this stuff as well throughout this podcast. And, and a lot of her posts are... They're deep, hey? They're very deep, very real, <laughs> but very fun yeah. as well. Like she she brings a lot and she brings a lot of positivity into people's lives through her posts. And I don't know if she... Maybe... I don't know if she quite realises a lot of the time... She makes such an impact on everyone. The impact that she does, puts out into the world. And that's... Yeah, that, good answer there. Very good answer. Yeah. Uh, next question. Why bodybuilding and how did you get into it? That's a great one. I think I went from training at uh, the local, I guess it's like an F45, it's called Loose Fit. Um, and that's how I, I guess started my health fitness journey, started losing weight, um, started training. And then obviously uh, COVID hit, that kind of amped it up a little bit more because between being a beauty therapist, you couldn't do anything at home. So training was my escape. Um, and then from there, I started tracking my food. I think I did an eight-week challenge. I saw some great results. And I was one that didn't like to touch any sort of fruit or vegetable until I was probably about I 19 years of age. You, you were a carnivore as a kid. You, uh, were, yeah. you used to eat vegetables. And that's why I find it so fascinating watching your <laughs> – My family's like, what Your, your meal prep and your planning <laughs> and your things now, watching the stuff that you are eating because knowing you as a kid, mm. the faces you would have made at some of the food that you now love – is very very i used to uh my sister and i under the table she was a veggie eater at heart and i was a meat eater i would give her my beans and she would give me her beef um and we i'm sorry mum and john but that's how we went about that is because behind the table when they were feeding ollie or something like that we would do the cheeky swap of the food and that's how we got away with it for a long time so i definitely have come such a long way with my food um and now i eat literally absolutely anything and everything but it thank you to my stepdad probably because if i did not meet or if my mum didn't meet my stepdad and move to geelong and be able to explore different foods and you know, Indian and all that type of thing. I don't think I'd probably be where I am today nutritionally, definitely. So I think that also allows me to be able to help clients navigate, I guess, you know, what they like, what they don't like, because I did not like much growing up. So continuing on the story of how I got into this. And then, yeah, uh, I noticed myself with my first coach, Miller. We, um, she's a WBFF pro I found myself just looking at bikinis and emerald green bikinis day after day. Started having a look at, you know, some of the shows and I was just like, that would be fun. I like to push myself and if I feel like I start to get a bit stagnant, I'm like, well, what, what's next? So um, I decided at that point that I would reach out to who now is my coach, boss, best friend, whatever you want to call it. I messaged Rob on Instagram. I said, hey, look, kind of want to prep. Don't really ha- – don't really know what's going on. And within minutes, he sent me about eight voice messages, giving me the deal. Signed up with him basically on the spot and started commencing the plan to prep. Well, I'm going to throw a question at you now because you mentioned the F45 gym as, as a type of gym that you started at first. Mm. All this is in the – and this is completely – you know, we, we generally come on these podcasts with a plan, so I'm sorry I'm curly one. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you going to say? Well, <laughs> there's obviously – they've been in the news the last couple of weeks with the collapse of that uh, industry, that yes. industry yeah. I guess. Is that something, I guess, 
is potentially an issue because we see so many of these different fads. And I know you, you guys are very separate to that with the fact that you're not doing one of these, you know, it's not a fad diet, it's not a fad exercise, mm-hmm. it's not one of these, you know, televised things that's promoted by celebrities. You yeah, know, you guys put in the hard work and if you, if anyone that's following you on Instagram and that they see you guys putting in the hard work and, you know, it's based with fact and science and it's, it's not one of these gimmicks. But we see a lot of these gimmicky things pop up like this Very and then a lot of people taboo. get, a lot of people, well, a lot of people get invested pretty heavily, you know, and it can be the start, as you said, the start of a lot of people's fitness journeys. Yeah, is there an issue with some of these fat things coming in and then being an issue like this? Look, it's very context dependent, to be honest. As much as I, at the time, it got me to where I am now, the environment for me personally of that type of quick fix, eight-week challenge thing, that led for me to have a quite restrictive eating disorder um, in the sense of, you know, Obviously, there was other factors, anxiety induced, that definitely contribute to that. However, having that like eight weeks, you change your life and it's like, well, well, what's next? And I think especially with challenges and stuff like that, you need to be super clear. You know, you know, Rob and I, we do run eight week challenges. However, it's we set you up for success beyond that point. You need to have a plan that's going to be long term. That's a lifestyle and not you know, a quick fix that's just going to drop you 20 kilos and then you have no direction. I think something that's going to be sustainable and maintainable, whether that's functional training, whether that's strength-based training, if you want to do keto, if you want to do high-carb, low-carb, just meat, intimate fasting, it needs to be sustainable. There's no, like, there's no optimal way to lose weight other than a calorie deficit and to train and to eat well. So again, if keto works for you and that's something that you can uphold for you know 51 out of 52 weeks of a year go do that there's nothing wrong with that however the common misconception is you know they think you're going to be able to do that for a long period of time where you start to feel quite deprived i know you know in those challenges like you're told to eat low carb you're told to eat greens three times a day and there comes a point where it's like you're so deprived of say chocolate or something like that, then you just go absolutely ham. I remember there was one time around Easter. I just finished it. Yeah. Look, Easter <laughs> is it gets you. And I'm like, I never used to be a sweets person, but once I went through that eight week challenge, I just felt so deprived. I sat there and I probably consumed now I think about it, maybe 6,000 calories worth of chocolate in one sitting. And I felt so guilty for such a long time and then it creates this cycle. But now it's like I have chocolate every single day, but I also choose to have egg whites and cinnamon on and banana because I like that. Like you can incorporate anything that you want in your day. If you have it in moderation, you won't feel restricted. 100%. All right. And the last question for this episode of the podcast Mm. that's come from your Instagram followers, biggest potential pros for the WBFF this year? Um, So I guess the April show is coming up and there is a lot of outstanding people are my friend Mercedes I actually competed with her in the April show last year I'm in absolute awe of her physique she I definitely think if not this show she is a pro to watch and Rob's girl Taylor I forget her last name but she's a beautiful brunette and she has the most wonderful physique and then obviously come the July show Caitlin will definitely be coming pro I think and then November, I will be hoping myself. But to be honest, there's so many pro-worthy, not just physiques, but mindsets out there. So it's not a matter of uh, 
if but when for a lot of my friends and future pros. So, yeah. There we go. Some of the answers straight from the horse's mouth. And as I said, we're, we're going to have more Q&As up on, on Insta and you know, send those questions through because if we don't get them answered in this episode, it'll be yeah, we'll come in the future. Yeah, we'll, definitely. we'll definitely get to them. So no, some very candid responses there. Yeah, I like well, it. I like to try. I like to try. But yes, no, thank you guys for listening. If you've got any questions or queries about anything like that, don't hesitate to send me a message. But if not, I will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Unstoppable Mindset Podcast, a creative media production.